Welcome to the Connect Extension podcast brought to you by the eExtension Foundation. eExtension is a membership-based nonprofit designed to be the engine fueling U.S. Cooperative Extension's advancement and making a more visible and measurable impact in support of education outreach from land-grant universities and colleges located in every state and territory. E-Extension is embedded in the U.S. Cooperative Extension System and serves on the Extension Committee on Organization and Policy. It provides an array of opportunities for extension professionals that foster innovation creation, the adoption of innovations at member institutions, and increased impact of extension programs. This work is supported by membership dollars and funding from USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture, grant number 2019 41595 30124. I'm Aaron Wybie, your host for today's podcast. In this episode, we have some really exciting guests. And the eExtension Foundation has been working with this team for about a year and a half, almost two years now, first through our Impact Collaborative program. They came to us from Southern University, and they started with what was really a project idea that they're trying to get off the ground. So here we are, many months later, and this team is now being supported by our new technologies for Ag Extension program. So. They were nominated earlier in 2020 and were selected for the 2020 to 2021 program accelerator, which comes through again, our new technologies for ag extension program. And today joining us, we have Crystal Allen, Marlon Ford and Kiana Kelly. And before I turn it over to Crystal with my first question, I wanted to play back an interview I did with this team back in August of 2020 that I think really summarizes their progress through the Impact Collaborative program up until that point. And right at that point is when they became one of our new technologies for ag extension projects. So let's go ahead and play that real quick. Greetings from the Southern University Agriculture Research and Extension Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We are Team Agriculture. Team Gericulture has attended two in-person and one virtual impact collaborative sessions to enhance our emergency preparedness programming. Through attending the two in-person impact collaboratives and our virtual summit, Team Gericulture was able to gain new knowledge, skill, innovation, and capacity for our emergency preparedness programming. By utilizing eExtension's propeller framework and their ISBE model, we were able to identify our growth stage and prepare to launch. We received grant funding and were recently selected to receive wraparound services through the NTAE program. Lastly, by designing and facilitating national webinars on disaster preparedness and response, we've been able to develop new partnerships and reach cooperative extension professionals nationwide. Before Impact Collaborative, we had planned to develop the project of emergency preparedness at our university. After attending Impact Collaborative Summit, we developed a blueprint to go statewide with our emergency preparedness program. Knowledge gained from the advanced resources and insightful partnerships introduced by the Impact Collaborative has assisted us in developing methods to address current areas of focus aligned with cooperative extension services, including responding to disasters, applications of science and technology, and making resources widely available online. 
So that brings us to why we're here today, and that's to talk about your work as a new technologies for ag extension project. But first, Crystal, could you briefly describe this program and then maybe provide a little bit of description about the project we're working on through NTAE? Yes. So um, Jagakasha came together. We were all, we all came to the Impact Collaborative in Atlanta, and we knew we needed to do an emergency preparedness project for the citizens of Louisiana. Um, and we had just uh, experienced the Great Flood of 2016. So everybody within the program, Angel included, we've all worked in some capacity with recovery and the response from the Great Flood of 2016 in Louisiana. So when we came to um, Impact Collaborative, we knew like, hey, this is something that we need to do, we need to work on and develop. And using that framework, Jagriculture was established. And that's when we first coined our motto, evacuation is a luxury. Many of the communities that we work in, in Louisiana or low resource and rural communities. So oftentimes when you see um, a lot of emergency preparedness initiatives or a lot of emergency preparedness information and fact sheets go out, it's like evacuation, prepare to evacuate, prepare to evacuate. But when you're dealing with populations who are, who are limited in their resources, sometimes evacuation is considered a luxury. It's just not affordable. We can't afford to leave. We can't afford to, where will we go? Um, so these different things that's going on. So when we realize, hey, we have an area that we need to work in, there's definitely a need. We all have a background within our separate departments and areas. Hey, let's focus on that. So that's how Jagriculture came to be. Now, when we applied for the NTAE fellowship, we applied with um, the, the thought process of let's do something community-wise. Let's do community engagement. Make sure we're mobilizing these communities to practice emergency preparedness. However, as a result of the global pandemic COVID, our administration at Southern said, hey, we are not doing any face-to-face -face programming, but we wanted to make sure that even with the fellowship, we were still able to add capacity to our communities that we service in the midst of the pandemic. So that's why we came to a collaborative approach and we wanted to make sure we looked at it from different standpoints or different, um, like a multi-dimensional approach. So a lot of people just focus on emergency preparedness with our program, we've, de we just, we've decided to um, do a conference. And this first year will be in a virtual format. However, this is something we've all agreed to and we know we're gonna work in it. This is our baby at this point. We love, we love this, this is our baby. Um, we've all decided that this is something that we're gonna do annually. And the goal is for it to be a face-to-face -face conference on the campus of Southern University. But for this year, we're focusing on developing a multi-dimensional conference that looks at emergency preparedness, emergency response, but as well as emergency recovery. We want to make sure that we're, we're giving these communities the best um, options to really recovery, recover from emergencies. Um, and the goal, as I said, is to mobilize those communities and help them mitigate the loss of property and the loss of life. And just to follow that up, can you tell us more about the communities that you're working with the challenges you're facing, especially in terms of emergency disasters? So the communities we focus on, um, in Louisiana, we still have a lot of parishes and communities that don't have access to broadband and different things. So we have a multifaceted approach, but we also know that emergency preparedness, response and recovery is no cookie cutter thing. It's literally unique to every single community or every parish. So what one person does may not work over here, and we understand that. 
So working with these low resource and rural communities, we're developing an initiative to where everybody, everybody's needs are addressed. Um, we're focusing on our low resource farmers, uh, definitely our rural communities and our limited resource uh, areas, just because uh, when, you're, when you're working with certain populations, you tend to learn and just as you work with them over time, everybody doesn't have access to the same materials. And then everybody uh, doesn't favor online formats or online different things. So we're just making sure we're working with these communities to where everybody gets something from it. We, our goal is to make sure we're mobilizing these communities to help them mitigate those losses, as I said previously. So Marlon, this project focuses on improving emergency preparedness by providing community leaders with access to knowledge and resources. How are you reaching community leaders in the areas that you serve? Well, um, as exceptionals, we are in a position as advocates, you know, in the rural and urban areas that we serve. Now, using our position to collaborate with community leaders and community-based organizations. Now, we've used virtual meetings, face-to-face -face using social distancing protocols. Uh, we're, we're getting involved because this benefits us in introducing improvements in our emergency preparedness and developing a community-informed treatments. You know, that's, that's the important thing. Now, engaging into their day-to-day -day operations, you know, for example, uh, local programming, uh, their board meetings, civil outreach, you know, et cetera. You know, we're able to work with the leaders to introduce emergency planning that takes in consideration seniors, um, children, community members with special needs, as well as to identify, you know, we identify our senior centers, assisted living facilities, uh, our daycare centers and schools. Now, an added thing that we've done, you know, with our agriculture team is that we have engaged in community leaders, faith-based organizations and our forum co-ops. Uh, most of our forum co-ops are being, you know, they, they get the benefits of disaster you know, response, but it's at a later time. Um, they have more factors to look into. Uh, we, they, they look into farm animals, you know, their farmland, things of that nature. So they're not like in the urban setting getting that benefit right off because of population wise. Uh, you know, in the rural areas, our rural areas are not as populated as our urban areas. So we're using that unique, you know, uh, intake to go like, hey, we have to uh, form these correlations. In other words, we have to be the liaison to the urban and the rural, you know, our rural community that we serve. So that's that's the approach that we've used and it's working, it's really working. So Kiana, how are you reaching youth? So we are reaching youth in all capacities from Head Start to high school. Um, as Crystal stated earlier, we have not been providing face-to-face -face education. Well, I have not for sure. So we have been utilizing our social media platforms, um, of course, due to COVID. Um, through youth series, workshops, videos, in addition to Zoom and Google Classroom. So youth helps the family to uh, become educated on topics such as emergency preparedness. So we understand that there is a need to focus on youth emergency preparedness because oftentimes in low resource and rural communities, youth are the gatekeepers to disseminate this information to their families. And I'll put this last question to all three of you. What 
are the takeaways from your project thus far that might help people in other parts of the country? As I previously mentioned, emergency preparedness, uh, response and recovery is not a cookie cutter thing. It's literally unique to every community. However, we can all agree that oftentimes extension professionals are called upon as second responders. When people have issues within their communities and they're accustomed to working with individuals on different areas, it's just we're the first people they think to call. And we're, we're happy to answer that call for them. And that's how we all were able to get involved after the Great Flood of 2016 because we were called upon by our communities. Utilizing this and our experiences as extension professionals, as second responders, we're really working on developing a field book publication in the e-field book to, so other extension professionals can kind of use our experiences, our design for the conference, and hopefully do something like this within their communities. Everybody is impacted by emergencies. There's no way to avoid it. Is no, no one has the favor to just avoid being impacted by emergencies, whether they're man-made or sometimes emergencies can be home fire. So it may not be something that impacts everybody and it's person specific, but we wanna make sure that we're documenting our process and really um, mobilizing other extension professionals and more so giving them or strengthening them with the knowledge, skills and abilities to where they can act and do a lot of emergency preparedness within the communities that they serve as well. You know, and to add on to that, uh, we also have made a big point to define our urban rural linkages. Um, between, you know, between specific rural, peri-urban and urban locations, you know, as we're establishing our role as an urban and rural facilitator or liaison to each parish who could serve as an advocate for rural communities, rural people, urban communities, as well as the prairie or urban communities, which are caught in between those, so we can also uh, disseminate our, you know, our response, our disaster response or responses to them. So this serves as a great way to make sure that everyone is being served. You know, um, we we came with agriculture with the idea that everybody's going to be served. Everybody's going to going to get a piece of this pie. You know, sometimes you might get a bigger piece than others. But you're gonna you're gonna still be at the table to get a piece of the pie. So this is a way that we can show that we're serving everyone, that everyone's getting served, that somebody else in another state, hey, even in another nation, can use that same type of you know platform to make sure that everyone's being served. A takeaway that might help people in other parts of the country. I want to refer back to youth. We are adding a youth component to a pre-existing emergency preparedness curriculum to make sure that we are reaching our intended impacts for youth programming in emergency preparedness. The youth will be equipped with the knowledge, skills, and attitudes that will make them resilient when an emergency occurs. They can assist family with planning for an emergency as well as preparing emergency kits. In this day and time, families are multi-generational, if that makes sense. Families are not just comprised of the mother, the daughter, the father, and the sons. We have um, guardians. Some people aren't living with their parents. They have aunts and uncles, cousins who are now um, in the same households. So we wanna make sure that we are um, getting the information to the young ones who can spread this information, who can teach the families, um, because sometimes the people that they're in the homes with, they don't, they're unaware of um, how to do some of these skills. So if you are interested in our current curriculum, quick links, 
fact sheets that Crystal mentioned, and also an activity guide for youth that we created. It is located on our website at www.suagcenter.com. Click on Emergency Preparedness Now. It's located at the top of the screen, and everything is there for you. So, Crystal, I know this team has one other team member who's not here with us today. Would you like to take a moment to acknowledge her? So, thank you for the opportunity, Erin. Uh, on our team is, of course, me, Crystal Allen. We have Dr. Marlon Ford, the urban doc, Ms. Kiana Kelly, and also Angel Jordan. She's a very, very integral member of our team, and she helps us make sure we're on point and get our things together. I also want to take this quick second to thank E-Extension for selecting our, NT our program for NTAE Fellowship and providing us with the wraparound services needed to add capacity, especially to Fred and Rick, because they are always there, one call, one email away, and they really help us to mobilize and get everything going. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Crystal. And yes, Fred and Rick are part of our NTAE Catalyst team. So that is Rick Clemmy and Fred Schlute, former Extension Directors, and we are very fortunate to have them working with our projects and bringing their years of experience in Extension to those teams. So thank you so much, Crystal and Marlon and Kiana. I really appreciate you joining us today. For our listeners, just a reminder, if you're interested in becoming an NTAE project for 2021 to 2022, the nomination will open in the spring. You can keep up with that on extension.org or on our Connect Extension platform at connect.extension.org. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and a wonderful rest of the week. We'll see you on the next episode. You ready? Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Grow Jacks! Grow Jacks. <laughs>